Welcome to The Practice Podcast, a show created by lawyers to help lawyers in life and business without all the complicated lawyer language. Let's welcome Bast Amron founders and your hosts, Jeff Bast and Brett Amron. Hi, Jeff. Hey, Brett. How are you today? Um, good. And you? Fantastic. Wow. Fantastic. I keep, we keep getting positive feedback. Yesterday, my, do? my daughter showed me a text from one of her friends. Yes. Oh, no, it wasn't my daughter. It was somebody else who showed us a text from a friend. It was one of our attorneys. Wait, wait, wait. It wasn't let's, my daughter. It was one of our attorneys. Hey, Jeff, how are you? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> one of our attorneys showed us a text that she got from a friend, another young lawyer at another firm, with a screenshot of our podcast saying, I'm listening to this while I work. I listen to this podcast every day and I love it, or every week. I love it. You know what? I saw the same thing. Yeah, I'm pointing it out really not so much to you, to the but listener. maybe to our listeners. One listener. So I can remind them that yes. if they like the show, they should leave a review. And follow it and share the show with their friends and family and colleagues at other law firms because doing that helps other people. And they should send us a screenshot so we can announce that on our podcast. I would love to do that. In fact, I'm a little remiss that I don't have the name of that attorney, but shout out to whoever you are. Remiss. For listening. You like that word? I do. That's a hyphen there. Let's bring in our guests. Celine Mazur Kramer. Celine is the founding principal of Mazur Kramer, a business law and consulting firm with offices in New York. Weirton, West Virginia, and Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It was New York, New York, just to be clear. There's on no way that yeah. you pronounce the name of that Weirton? city, West Virginia. We're going to come back There's to that. There's just no Celine, way. Did I get it will right? Correct you. That's, That's her hometown. hometown. My childhood home. But how do you pronounce that? Weirton. Oh, yes. Yeah, We're high. I went to I think she's high. Being, I think she's yeah. being kind to you. Yeah. Anyway, Mazer Kramer provides legal and business consulting services to entrepreneurs and small to middle market companies. Celine specializes in Chapter 11 commercial bankruptcy law, and she represents clients in courts across the country. But she also holds a BA and an MBA from West Virginia University, as well as a JD from Villanova. She's board certified in business bankruptcy. She's also a business blogger and a former turnaround management consultant. She has received several accolades for her work, including being named to Pennsylvania Super Lawyers, Top 500 U.S. Leading Restructuring Attorneys by Law Dragon. And in addition to practicing law, she operates Celine Mazur Kramer Portrait, which specializes in contemporary portraiture, senior photos, and business branding. In fact, if you go to any insolvency events, you can frequently see Celine around with her phone, her camera, mm-hmm. photographing, interviewing people. It's more than a hobby. She's really turned it into a business. She resides in Mount Lebanon, Pennsylvania with her three children. She's a triathlon enthusiast. I'm sure we'll come to that. She loves to travel and she's passionate about empowering business owners. Welcome, Celine. Hi. Very Thank happy you for to be here. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. And being from Mount Lebanon and being from the Pennsylvania area, she is here live in our studio. Yeah, she traveled here. Just for this podcast. Right. Right. In our beaches. There's, oh, you mean she was doing something else besides coming to Miami for this? Well, you know, it's late in the afternoon, so. Well, I'm glad. Dance competition. (laughs) And a dance competition. (laughs) I am glad that we could have you here live in person. So thank you for coming in to do the show. We appreciate it. It's great to have you here in Miami. Yeah, your offices are spectacular. Honestly, I'm in love with them. Oh, thank you so much. If you want to move down to Miami, we have an empty office right yes, right, right around here. Yeah. <laughs> We've got space. We moved here with room for growth. So you've been practicing insolvency pretty much your whole career. Yeah. And when did you start your own firm? Yeah. And to give us the history that led to yes. starting your firm. Yes. Um, so, I mean, I did my 10,000 hours as a young associate in, in Philadelphia and in Wilmington, Delaware, and started my business bankruptcy practice there as like a second year. Right after 9-11 happened, dot-com bubble burst. 
all the corporate work dried up. I was actually doing like corporate and M&A work um, just as a young lawyer. But then Mm 9-11 switched to bankruptcy in Wilmington, Delaware, which was like a really- Good place to be and a good time. I fell in love with the practice. I saw a lot of women. Judge Stickles was actually, I was at her firm in the summer, uh, Prickett Jones. She actually got me into bankruptcy. And I saw her in action and I just fell in love with it at that point. But eventually, like all good Pittsburghers, we move back, we boomerang back when you're like of age to get married, which is what I did. So I practiced in Philly for uh, Weird Partners also with Ken Aaron, who was my mentor, my lifelong mentor in Philly. And then at 29, I moved back. I joined Campbell and Levine, which was a great boutique firm too in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And still always doing chapter 11 work. I'd done an MBA before law school. So it was just like, natural for me to lean towards business law. And I just loved the hybrid nature of bankruptcy work being both litigation and and transactional. But I started my own firm um, because having children kind of changes everything. (laughs) I mean, it's like, (laughs) oh my gosh, how am I going to do all of this and FaceTime and just work at the level that I wanted to work, but have children and get clients. And um, I did jump out of the law when I had my son, who was 15 now. First child? My first child, my son was 15 and I joined the Meridian Group, which was a turnaround management consulting firm and investment banking firm, which was awesome. I actually loved the work. I am um, actually certified by the TMA as a turnaround specialist. So I did that. I loved it, but this is around 2008. Mm-hmm. And uh, with the credit crisis then, I'm like, oh man, I felt like I was missing out. I wanted to get back to practicing law. And also I didn't really want to travel with the consulting stuff because I also had another baby like shortly after that. So I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? So I wanted a lateral into a firm, back into a firm, but I did not have a book of business at all, of course. So what it's year, like- How many, eight years eight practicing years. you want to- Go back, but you don't have a book of business. Don't have a book. And I was actually not even at a law firm at this point. I was at a consulting firm. Right. But then I got a call from a client. And if it had been any other boring kind of client, it was actually David Kirsch, who was a celebrity fitness trainer for the Victoria's Secret Models. You okay. may have seen it. On, and he has this book. It was called The New York Body Plan, which is actually, you know, I'm into fitness. It was actually a program I had done before my wedding. It was like, I'm like, this is so surreal. This woman is calling me to represent him in the Guyam International Bankruptcy case in New York and a fraudulent transfer matter. And she's like, I really want to give you this case. I'm like, I'm not at a law firm, like whatever. So I ended up totally changing what, like it took me a couple months. And then I also, to figure out that I wanted to take the leap to jump out on my own to build my book of business. That's really what I was doing because I had no book of portable book of business. I also had another client who was a fashion director mm-hmm. for a line. It was called Ports 1961 in New York. She also had her own children's wear line that was distressed, but all in the fashion industry. And being a photographer, I definitely have this creative side and I love imagery and things like that. She also was another client. She's like, I want you to represent me. I need help. I, I need some consulting. I was like, wow, this is kind of cool. That's like, I was like, yeah, I think, yeah, I think go, this right? is like my destiny. So I decided to quit and leave so the, the, the turnaround firm. Right. Yeah, okay. and a week later, I was at Fashion Week. She had gotten me tickets to come to her show. I'm like, this sure beats bankruptcy court. Like, this right. is crazy. But it was just on the salt. I mean, I at that time, I started my firm. I had my children were like two and one. Wow. And I was like, I'm doing this. But I had really good content and I utilized social media. I, I took my phone to the Fashion Week and I'm just like my iPhone. I was taking videos and photos and my camera of everything I was doing and sort of integrating from the get-go 
my photography, my love of photography and imagery. At the same time, social media was starting. This is like 15 years ago. So people, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter didn't exist or Instagram or whatever. But I started using social media to build my book. And it's worked worked out well. (laughs) It's been working out well. Yeah, that's amazing. The story is a little bit different than we've heard. And so I'm curious, before you got the call, you were at the turnaround management or turnaround Mm -hmm. consultancy. Yeah. Before you got the call to represent the first client, Mm -hmm. were you even thinking about opening your own firm at that point? No, no, I, I didn't. I've always loved my work. I've always been passionate about it and committed to it. But then when you have kids, it's like, well, it, you were conflicted. You, you said you were kind of, the travel was starting to bear on you. So you were. Yeah. Well, I never had a clear vision right. that I wanted to be a partner at any of the firms. You know, right, I, right. I didn't know. I mean, as a mom, I knew I wanted to have kids. And I knew I loved my work, but it's like, how do I reconcile all these things? And at right. the same time, I get divorced in the middle of all this. Mm. So uh, it's kind of like, whoa, what am I doing? It was like really crazy. A lot of but I did it anyway. There's yeah, a lot going on at one time. There's a lot going on. As we know, we can relate to op- starting your yeah. own firm. And yeah. while you don't have the pounding on you of hours from above, mm-hmm. you now have to create the work. Mm-hmm. You've got to manage, administrate, yeah. you know, and deal mm-hmm. with everything. Mm-hmm. And so it's actually more on you than just billing hours, right? Absolutely, yeah. And so that creates a little bit more difficulty, a lot of difficulty, I should say, with raising kids, no? Yeah, well, you know, it's actually worked out really nicely for me. I mean, it's been 15 years of, but I did, like, I just left Bernstein Berkeley, a firm in Pittsburgh. I was a partner there during the pandemic for two years. Friends of the firm, we know them well. Yeah, yes, yeah. So like, I, and we're going to get to the third child that I adopted on my own. I was like, maybe I should get like a real job and like have less pressure. So, but I was like, it has been 15 full years of pounding Mm -hmm. away hustling. But I am an entrepreneur at heart. I think, and I did business school. I loved business school. I did very well in it. And I love people. I love managing people. So I love the business aspect of the work that we do. Right. But the pressure to hustle, get paid. Getting paid is always a challenge. It's hard. In this this line of work that we're in, it's like, ugh. No, it was yeah. it was yeah. courageous of you, and it's really impressive. Like Brett was saying, <laughs> and shout out to Jale Bast and Lauren Amron because I can tell you for mm-hmm. sure that I could not have done this without the support of my wife and raising three kids at that time. Yeah. Yeah. I was definitely absent from the child rearing more so than I yeah. had been before. Yeah, and so you did it on your own. It's really impressive. And at some point, you went back yeah. to Kirk's firm. Yeah. After. What made you make that change and then yeah. you left again? Yeah. Well, I never was, I was actually with Camel Levine and then that turnaround firm. And then I was okay. on my own for a very long period of time oh, okay. and, and building my book and hiring people and office space and all of that. And mm-hmm. I was getting a chapter 11 like every two years. And with a small firm, uh, you really only need one. That's I mean, lot, right? it's, you don't need that many. But then I decided to like, and in that span of, it was like about 10 years, it has led to an extraordinary life. Like just because you can control your schedule yep. and you don't need to work as much in order to make as much money. I've just been able to, like with the triathlon work, I love the fact that I was able to do that. And I actually couldn't swim until I was like 40. So I started doing it the year. So it's been eight years. I'm disclosing my age. And I'm 49. (laughs) But um, I love it. It's a passion in like skiing and the portrait work has been incredibly fulfilling. Like it's so so crazy. Like I have so many stories on that, but it's really it's really come together. I'm grateful for that. But yeah, the pressure to make sure you get paid—that's yeah. like the dark side of bankruptcy practice. Yeah. But I decided to adopt a baby too. 
So Especially during all this, this. Yes. yeah, let's yeah. You I decided mean, to yeah. have a baby. Why, why not? Add more. Just, more into the bar. just just throw it all in. Yeah, yeah. Let tell yeah. us about Single that. Single mother, that two kids, about. running a business. Yeah, uh, I think I should add one more. And <laughs> a divorce, obviously, as, she, right. as, she, as Celine mentioned. Yeah. Um, and now you said, uh-huh. ah, you know what? Let me. Yeah. I want to adopt a. I don't know. Things were going well, and I. She's six years old. She's in the lobby, actually. On your, she's let's, sleeping. We should. She's, let's bring her in. You she's should. Sleeping. She's sleeping. I have. Yeah, we should. <laughs> she's at the six, end of, you got to meet Six her. months. <laughs> she's right. Six. I thought you said she's sleeping in no, the lobby. No, she is sleeping in the lobby. Oh, she oh, is. Yeah, really? she was See? swimming all day. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's Chinese. My brother is adopted. My older brother. So I come from a family where there is like a legacy of adoption. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's just a calling. I had actually done a mission trip. The great thing, and I love to travel. So when my kids were like five and six. It was in West Virginia, my native state. And I was like, I'm actually, it was I, this one. I've done two mission trips. One was in West Virginia and one was in Kentucky. And I don't know what it was. We went for a week to the most impoverished part of our country in Wheelwright, Kentucky. And I'm like, we got a good life. There were a lot of like really children in need. And I decided, I think I want to adopt a baby. I don't know. And I wanted to do an international adoption because I love to travel. So I went to China for 15 days. Right before the pandemic, I got a human souvenir. It was the best Wait, trip ever. So you plan a trip to China for 15 days and yeah. you can come back with a child? <laughs> so like I had to. I mean. You can come back with a child. But you did a lot of work before, I, I assume. Yeah, for okay. two years. It took me two years. The process okay. was two years. And I was scared. I wasn't yeah. sure if I could. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going no. to China You next don't week. just go. <laughs> no. Yeah. Right. No. Like you, I had to fill out a lot of paperwork. Right. But I wasn't sure it was the right thing to do. But you'll see her. She's incredible. She's actually, she's so smart. She's super have, athletic. It's crazy. Do you she's have like any doubt today that it was the right thing to do? No. Except for when she throws tantrums. Like during the pandemic. Whether it's adoption or not. Right? Exactly. I mean, any right. small exactly. child. The yes. pandemic was havoc. I mean, tough, you guys yeah. have older kids. Tough yeah. though. It's Still like, tough. Yeah. You know, no matter what age. I mean, I know yeah. the toddlers and the younger kids were tough, harder because it's yeah. hard to explain to them. But for any kid during the pandemic, it was, it was yeah. just hard. It's hard on the parents, hard on the kids. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. it's over, sort of. So at some point, we're going to go back. There's a lot <laughs> baked in there. But yeah. at some point, you figure out that, oh, I also like to do and want to do triathlons. Yeah. Like, when so, do you find time to train? Are you still I, doing them? Yes, and, I do. Okay, I and do when, one in May. When do you find time to train and for I feel, And I talk about this with our work. because, And I actually wrote this piece. It's called The Dark Side of Practicing Bankruptcy Law. And mm-hmm. I've actually done several webinars like with the ABA, like different bar associations. Because I felt so passionate about talking about how to cope. It's like 10 steps for coping with this kind of work that we do, where the clients are completely distraught, like, uh, you know, their businesses are failing. And from a, just a perspective of how to manage the risk with right. collecting. Yeah. So I felt really passionate about that piece. I'll have to share it with you. You can put it in the show yeah. notes or whatever. Yeah, please. Um, yeah. Please. But I felt like, and particularly with my own personal challenges with like being a single mother, yeah. raising these two kids, and to counter that, I had to have something that was an outlet. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's photography work, and it continues to be. And, you know, I grew up playing uh, volleyball and softball. I played in college. And so I've always wanted to do something physical, super. It's just a great stretch Medi- of life. A little yeah. meditative in a way, Yeah, right? absolutely, yeah. Yeah, when you get out on the bike or a long run or maybe even a yeah. long swim, yeah. right? Especially a water. long swim. Especially yeah. a long swim. Okay. I hope you swam while you're here. Not really. Like, oh, I, I come wanna, on, let's go. We'll go today. I know. Yeah, I was so like, just a go? swimmer. I know. I'm a runner. That's a you're runner. a runner. Okay. I am. If you want to ride a bike, we can do a you know we, we could a just, team triathlon. It's called a relay. Yes. A relay. Yeah. Thank that. you. Yeah. That shows how little I know about it. Yeah. And you don't want to do triathlons in the summer here. It's super hot. No. Uh, it's yeah. brutal. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I've done 
my fair share, but yeah, this is not the time of year to do triathlons. We're going to have to talk about all this. You're saying after, or do you want to talk about it now? We're oh. all, come on, we got we, microphones. We, we, oh, we got, we can talk. We can talk. Podcast. We got enough to talk. time. Um, so what's your yeah. preferred distance? Well, I have done two Olympic ones. Um, but that was before Scarlet. Um, that's the baby's name. But now I just do the sprint ones. Sprints, kinda, yeah. yeah. I do it like May and mm-hmm. September. And Pittsburgh, they have one. It's it's on a lake. It's a lake. And it is challenging, though. It's the lake. It's, do you train okay. on the lake swimming-wise? No. I train in the, a lot of, in the pool. Not a lot of current. I mean, how big is the lake? It, there, it can be it super can there choppy. Be. Yeah, okay. it depends on the day. The wind. Like this year, it was super freezing. It was like 45 degrees. Oh. Whoa. And they had the water. The water was 45 degrees. They had to push it back a half an hour because they were afraid of hypothermia. Mm. Which I, this has never happened to me before. 45 is cold. It's freaking cold. Yeah. Yes. I do a cold. That's cold plunge. 45. Yeah, that's right. cold plunge material. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. And she right. said, put your head in the water to avoid hypothermia. It kind oh. of scared me. Oh, no, no, no. In the cold plunge I do, I can only hold my head underwater for about 15 to 20 seconds and it starts to, to yeah. hurt. I no, have to pull it out. It makes you yeah. look crazy. Like I, I was having trouble breathing. I was like dizzy coming out of the water. I did yeah. it anyway. And I do usually come in last, by the way. I'm not like, I can only do so you're much. Doing, like, wait, wait, wait. I'm not here the to win The point is you're things. doing it. You're doing yeah. it and you're finishing and yes. you're doing what you want to do. And right. so that's the point of it. Yeah. That's none exciting. of us are podium finishing. None no. of us are None of us are professional triathletes, you know? Yeah. So do you so, find, and we, we, Brett and I yeah. have actually recorded a podcast on this yeah. very topic that yeah. because of these healthy activities or hobbies that you're a better lawyer or a better professional. Better 100%. parent, better 100%. human being. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. I mean- yeah, I mean, that's what I, in this, that the blog that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it was a web, webinar or whatever. Okay. I mean, you have to have, I think our profession, because we're all just type A driven, you know, tried to please right. competitive. Right. Well, we absorb a lot of mm-hmm. our clients' problems, right? Yeah. We take the, try to take them off their backs mm-hmm. right? Yeah. without emotion. So we can't show emotion, right? We yeah. have to hide that stuff mm-hmm. a lot of times. And we're under Im- immense pressure on deadlines, whether they're issued by the code or whether the court or whether creditors or, right? So there's a lot going on in our our part. Half the time you're trying to help them and they're not always following directions or they're not wait, capable wait, of following yeah. directions. Wait. So it's, you have help clients that don't follow you, right. Come yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. And so that's the substantive side of the practice. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah. you know, as we talked about already, the administrative side of the practice and it's tough. getting paid and collecting. And then you have the family and then mm-hmm. you have your life and you, yeah. so there's just yeah. a lot that gets piled on there. It really is. I yeah. think it's a unique area of law. I mean, people, I don't think when you get into it, I actually just fell into it really because I didn't choose, I didn't actually take bankruptcy in law, law school. I didn't either. It was didn't my either? worst grade mm-hmm. in law school. It was? Yeah. Oh, Bank, we were revealing too much on like this podcast. Like a B minus. <laughs> it was B minus. Yeah. Oh, that was I'm your just worst saying. grade. Oh, yeah, but wow. it was a it was a higher was a gunner. gunner. Lower. It was a high. It was a high grade gunner. system. That's pretty good. Yeah. They. Yeah. Gunner. It's my lowest grade. Be it's a fact. It was my. It was. It is my lowest grade in, in law school. Totally set us. Anyway, up all right. Wow. I did. I yeah. Wow. No, I went to a school that gave out B's. Like uh, you pay your tuition, you get a B. Really? No, not exactly. Wow. All you right. It, so let's, first here. Can folks. we get this back on track? I loved my law school. I had a great experience. I learned a lot. Nothing but fond memories. Let's talk about your photography. <laughs> okay. Because I have seen you in action at conferences, taking photos. And I've also seen you've done collages of lawyers and things like that. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I'm working on a project right now with the iWork women. So it's International Women's Insolvency Restructuring Confederation. I had just, I went to the spring conference and we did a little mini session. And so 
I have about 15 women, and I did formal portraits of them. So I brought gowns. I have a wardrobe of gowns. Right. So you didn't from, tell them you were going to do this? No, they paid for it. Oh, okay. They signed up, and they paid for the little okay. session or whatever. I have a wardrobe of gowns from a business. It was a high-end bridal and all-occasion dress shop in Sewickley, Pennsylvania, who was my legal client. And I was working with them for years. And after the pandemic, we liquidated them. And she's like, I have all these couture gowns. What do I do with them? Mm. And I'm like a dummy. I'm calling on the liquidators like we do when we liquidate a business. I'm calling around. I'm like, why aren't I buying these from her and using them? A lot of the you know luxury photographers, they do have wardrobes. It's just right. part of the experience. So I was like, hmm. So I bought six at first. I was like, yeah, 50, she said $50 a dress. So I went to her warehouse. I bought six. And then I was like, hmm. I went back. I bought 26 of them. <laughs> so I brought some of these to the iWork conference, like the gowns, I packed them up. And I have these beautiful images of like judges, financial advisors, like people you would know, all people that they're all like Laza, for example. Like I love her images. So I'm going to do a project. A lot of photographers have like the work that they make money on, but they also have these personal projects Mm -hmm. often. And one, I'm going to do a project on the women of bankruptcy and their stories. And kind of, so I have this like little questionnaire that they're going to fill out and some of them have done it. And then they pick one image that I'm going to use as their feature image. And then I'll use it. I'll tag on social media. They'll tag me. We'll talk about bankruptcy. We'll talk about. What a great, what a great project. And I mean, to me, it, says a lot about you that they would trust you yeah. to do that, right? Because yeah. lawyers are not usually that open, especially in that in that environment. And That's so true. the fact that they're willing to do that, yeah. allow you to do that, and then tell yeah. their story is, says a lot about you and their trust in you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So I started portraiture four or five years ago, um, 2018. Fell into portraiture. I mean, I was doing industrial art, like as a hobby. So I grew up in Weirton, West Virginia, which is where one of my offices, I've always had an office in that town, one foothold in my town. I practiced in the Northern Panhandle of West Virginia and primarily Pittsburgh as well. They're very close to each other though. It's, they're about an hour away. Mm-hmm. And then um, also New York. I have this, this New York office too. It's like a office shared thing. But I was there uh, when I got divorced, to be candid. When I got divorced, I moved in with my mom, mm-hmm. which I, whom I love because my kids were so small. And I'm like, what do I do now? And while I was there, I was there for 18 months. I took portraits, like not portraits, but images of the town because I mm-hmm. knew it had actually filed bankruptcy. I actually worked on the case when I was at Camel I mean, it filed bankruptcy twice. It's like a chapter 22. It was called Weirton Steel. And, but at this point, it's like 10 years after they filed bankruptcy, it's had a lot of turnover. And it went from like 15,000 employees to like 500. And there's blight. There's like, it just looks overrun. And so I took images of all these structures that I knew at some point they're going to tear down, which they have. So now I have this archive of awesome images. Oh, that's great. And I only did it three times. And I started using the images in my law office there and then putting collages together, donating them for charity. I think actually Judge Flatley has Judge Flatley in the Northern District of West Virginia. He's retired now. His law clerk wanted one. Like, it's just, it just created this name of, in this association with me from a business perspective that I practice in West Virginia, that I love the town, I'm committed to the town, you know, from a business development standpoint. Right. Yeah. So that's how I started photography. Then they're like, you should probably do people because they actually pay money. So, yeah. <laughs> and so I st- just slowly in social media, Facebook, but I studied it. I, I'm actually an accredited portrait master through this accreditation program called the Portrait Masters. Wow. And it's this community, online community. It's a total alter ego of, mm-hmm. It's something else that I can study. And I'm pretty scholarly. I love to throw myself into like bankruptcy law, restructuring, liquidation, you know, but also it's just, it's creative. It's a different side of my brain, but I've utilized it. I mean, there's, it's a vast yeah. area, but I've utilized it so much with my clients. Yeah. 
like I'll do a $50,000 piece of legal work for them. And they're like, hey, can you shoot my wedding? I only did that one time. I don't want to be at weddings, okay? Right. But I did it one time for this client. But I generally do business branding photos, like for a lot of law firm, like my lawyer friends. Right. I have a client who was a, a dentist. She's a cosmetic dentist. I've shot her three times. I shot her on the cover of a national dental magazine. Okay. And then she flew me to, it was Dallas, Texas, to shoot her and nine other women business dental practice owners. So they're all people that are running their own firms Mm -hmm. to shoot for a cover. And I'm like, oh my, like, I don't do this professionally. Like I do, but kind of not. So I don't really think I should be doing like magazine covers, but she's like, no, you're fine. So you charge for this. I did charge. That's great. It still isn't as much money as you can make being a lawyer. So it's like, you have to temper your enthusiasm. But it's something you love to do. And if you can make some money doing some of those things, then fantastic. I do. And she sends me more legal work. I mean, she's an entrepreneur herself, but I'll have to show you the image. You can put yeah, it in the show notes. It, it. It's yeah. so freaking amazing we, uh, of these 10 women. It sounds awesome. like your approach yeah. to photography is similar to our approach to podcasting. And maybe we should charge, by the way, Brett. You should start uh, charging. Char- okay. Charging charge the charge guests. Who? Yeah, charging the guests. Oh, yeah. Yes. Great but idea. we do it because yeah. it's a way to connect to people and promote them Correct. and reciprocate yeah. in the ways that we can. And, yeah. and because we enjoy it. We really just love yeah. doing this. It's really yeah. a lot We love of fun. the conversation yeah. and we love learning about people's journey. Yeah. Because... It's always different, yeah. you know? You're the first person that we've had, at least on here, who's come in and said, my path to entrepreneurship was because I had a client mm-hmm. first. Like somebody called me and said, hey, I want to give you this client. Yeah. Normally, and for both it's of us, it was way, like, right? I'm going to go out and do this. And mm-hmm. oh, wait, now I got to go get business, you know? Yeah. So right. just a little bit different path, yeah. but different. ended up really in the same spot. Yeah. Well, and it's, you've also tried a lot of different things yeah. to make your way to the place mm-hmm. where you found comfort, and that's right. okay. Yeah, you know, a lot of people are afraid to move around too much, and yeah, yeah. or afraid to make change. And you've shown that you can do it and succeed, yeah. and adopt a kid in the middle of it. Oh, and do triathlons, and do portraits, photography, yeah. and I mean, God, so many great, things. So great. what's next? Celine, yeah, what's next, next for Celine? Oh, boy. Besides well, a dance competition. I know. Uh, what's, <laughs> for, you, for your daughter, not for you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But I don't know, maybe for you. What is next? So I'm building my firm now. So my firm Great. now is not just a restructuring firm. I have, I'm actually bringing another attorney on. He's going to do more consumer bankruptcy stuff. But then I have another lawyer who's a litigator. So we're expanding. So be three or do you? She's actually of, they're both going to be of counsel. Okay. So um, it'd be th- but three. three lawyers, yeah. Right. And then I have two law clerks, but I'm going to hire an associate instead. Like we do this law clerk thing with Villanova, actually. Mm-hmm. And it works out, but I'm, we're going to actually get too much. So I'm in expansion mode. In great. I think it's going to be great. And it's interesting with the pa- post-pandemic. Yeah. So every everybody's remote. My admin, like my paralegal's remote. and But it's challenging though, too. Like I'd much rather have this kind of deal. Right. I want this you office mean, space our right office, now. right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But listen, yeah. I mean, it, it does create a challenge because, you know, Things have changed. <laughs> well, yeah, the but, no, but, but, but things have changed, right? Yeah. I mean, not everyone is here all the time. As you can yeah. see, there's some empty offices and people yeah. come in and work from home or, you know, so we have to deal with some of that. Yeah, sure. And Jeff and I are usually here almost every day. Yeah. But I think it's more proximity to the office and just right. sort of we're old and right. so old school, right? Yeah. I prefer right. to be here. I do too. I, I, you know, and I think that a lot of people do, but, you know, traffic is tough and, you know, so right. we, yeah. we allow a little more flexibility. But when everyone's humming and everyone's here, like, yeah. it's just, it, I there's nothing the like office, that, you know? It's almost yeah. like my house. I love my house when it's full. full. Yeah. yeah. All yeah. the kids are there and they yeah. have friends and yeah. family. Yeah. Yeah. Same yeah. at the office. When everyone's here yeah. and we're working and you can tell everyone's collaborating yeah. and there's a lot of interaction, that's yeah. when there's I love this place. There's energy to it. Yeah, yeah. But you got to create that and you got to work on that and nurture it. And we really worked hard to sort of build out a physical space that allowed for that. And I think we're succeeding. 
We're trying. As I was walking in here, I was talking to Christine. She said, this culture here is awesome. Oh, that's cool. Well, that's nice that's to cool. hear. Awesome. Thank we you. should that's end nice it on that. Yeah, no, that's it. Done. In fact, we should yeah. end no more podcasts. We should just finish Just with end that the one. whole podcast? Yeah. You're saying this is it? The last episode? Uh, maybe. Or should we cancel the one that we're recording in an hour? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think Celine, we're about to have a fun. huge boom. Yeah. I yeah. Think, are you oh, guys, an insolvency? Yeah. I feel like we're getting busy, but I've had that feeling before. And so I'm always reluctant to predict a trend or if it's, you know, is it a bleep? Is it a blip on the radar or is it actually a trend? It's hard to tell. Yeah. But, you know, we'll see. I think it's going to be a wild ride in the next couple years, actually. I think a wild ride is accurate. Yeah, Yeah, I think there's going to be some changes in the economy. So I'm not sure it'll be across all all sectors, but certainly some sectors will suffer. And those that are interest rate sensitive are certainly going to suffer because you're you're starting to see that already. Yeah, absolutely. All right, this was fun, thank Celine. You so thank much. you. So I already read us out, Brad, so I don't even have to read us out. What do you think Look of that? You. Put it at the front end. You're on your game today, Celine. <laughs> thank you for coming in, Nelson. Thank you, so thank you for recording us, keeping us in line, and Brett. Thank you for being my partner and podcast. No, co-host. thank you, Jeff. It's always a pleasure for you. Of course, it is, Nelson. Right. Thank you, Celine. It was great to see you. Thank you so much, and thanks for bringing your family too. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. For more information on this show and other resources, visit FastAmron.com and connect with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram at FastAmron.com.